he was the first of strangers and thus hosted every stranger. There in the desert, in the heat of the day, three travellers appeared through the haze. A feast was fixed by the hand of Sarah, a sheep slaughtered by the hand of a servant. But only Abraham enjoyed the credit, becoming the model of sacred hospitality. So, my friends, this place is your own. This time, your time, these words, not just a welcome, but an invitation to be guest and friend of this community. Hello. Hello, I'm Roddy Hamilton, the Minister of New Kilpatrick Parish. And yes, please, may it be that you feel welcomed and invited as we do towards you and shape a space here for the encounter of grace, renewal and love. Let us worship. Let us pray. Great God, welcome of heaven, host of the table, thank you for our place here within your community. May we be reshaped by its peace, renewed by its grace, reborn in its love. For such gifts of yours bring us back to life. And we need that life, that renewal, that rebirth. In the generosity of your love, may we welcome each other. And may that be our worship space. And may we find you as we seek each other. And widen this space of love and justice and grace to celebrate every stranger as guest, growing the kingdom, one welcome at a time. Loving God, may we lay down here the barriers we create, the prejudices that hide our fear, the language that hides our prejudices and the masks that hide our language. May we always find ways to be kingdom people with daring use of hospitality and excessive amounts of generosity in such a place as this, may our eyes be open and our hearts beat to a different rhythm in time to the heartbeat of the kingdom. Loving God, hear us as we listen to you. Our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. We visit a well-known story again today, continuing our journey with Abraham. We are at Mamre and the, co- the oaks thereof. And for the fourth time, 
Abraham is given the promise. You'd have thought by now, to hear this promise again, it becomes less and less believable, a promise never delivered. But this time, Sarah also hears, not that she is meant to, but she's eavesdropping, lurking behind the fold of the tent. And what she hears is a surprise. And for the second time in as many weeks, there is laughter. Genesis 18, 1 to 15. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. And he said, My Lord, if you find favour with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves. And after that, you may pass on since you have come to your servant. So they said, do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said, They're in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season, and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. He said, Oh yes, you did laugh. Here at the Oaks of Mamre, the oak becomes the tree of life. The seed is finally planted. The date set. The promise begins to unfold. And the wait will soon be over. It seems indeed that nothing is too wonderful for God. Here the oaks of Mamre become the tree of life. The seed is finally planted, the date set, the promise is unfolding, and the wait soon to be over. It seems indeed that nothing is too wonderful or impossible for God. He was the first of strangers, and thus hosted every stranger. There in the desert, in the heat of the day, three travellers appeared through the haze. 
and Abraham welcomed them. But I was the one who baked the cakes, supervised the roast, organised the servants, made sure there was enough, so that my husband would get a good name. But I never tasted the meal. There were no tidbits for me except one, heard while I stood behind the tent flap. Where else was I to hear the gossip of news travelling across the desert? How else was I to help my husband make the decision he needed to make? without knowing the stories passed on by strangers that visited. But this news was the most peculiar, of a son born. It was ridiculous, given how dry and moribund I am. Such men and their reasoning. Easy belief, when they don't have to carry the hope. Rather, they just demand it. Ha. Ha ha. I laugh because they just don't understand. Last week, we found ourselves in Comedy Central with God and Abraham having a good laugh about his prospective fatherhood and the ridiculousness of it. It is like the two of them having a bit of a lad's night out, joking at things they know little about and have little responsibility for, let alone investment in childbirth. I may rewind a little. Last week, Abraham was, for the fourth time, Given a promise, 25 years he's been waiting for its fulfilment. At 75 years, he was already too old now as a centenarian. It's ridiculous. And the patriarch and the Almighty were having a good chuckle about this, with God nudging Abraham with a wink and saying, It's okay, old man, nothing is too wonderful or impossible for me. And then the second story of laughter. But it is, it's not quite the same. This time it is Sarah's turn to laugh. But it is of a different quality. So much so God complains to Abraham about the attitude Sarah has towards this good news of a son. Why isn't she pleased? Can we pause there and take our male ears off and put on female ears? Because the story is quite different and not that funny. Hospitality was the link between humanity and God. The stranger always welcome, the alien always a guest. And when Abraham spies the three visitors, they were welcomed, humbly so, with a little water and a little bread. And Abraham charges off like any 99-year-old and finds 90-year-old Sarah and instructs her to bake cake. Then off he goes to the flock and has one of his servants slaughter an animal and the guests receive a generous and fulsome meal. And Abraham, no one else, Abraham, who has done very little, Abraham, is praised for his generosity and becomes a model in the Bible of hospitality. But behind the scenes, there is a plethora of others actually making the meal, including Sarah, who finds herself listening in to the after-dinner conversation and arrives at the point Abraham, yet again, hears the promise God has given of a child. Now, imagine what she feels when she realises they are talking about her. The three guests announce Sarah will have a child without any reference or consent from her. 
Now remember the story tells us in order to provide how nothing indeed is too wonderful for God, that she is 90, long past childbearing age. And we imagine this scene with Sarah being overjoyed by this news. (laughs) Even today, it is dangerous enough to bear a child. And it was certainly far more dangerous in a young woman then, but almost unthinkable in older women. So would Sarah have felt as overjoyed as the three men and Abraham and even God seemed to think she ought to have been? Her laughter, rightly, was the, oh, for goodness sake, kind, and that's never going to happen, kind, and that's what you think, kind. Indeed, this is the first time Sarah has directly heard this promise that was going to affect her and her well-being. The story is there to emphasise nothing is too wonderful for God, but Sarah's reaction perhaps grounds us in the fact that what is too wonderful, may not be what is best for everyone, and especially Sarah. And does any of that strike a chord in today's world, when decisions and laws and rules are made concerning one group of people by another group who do not have to experience the consequences of those rules? This interpretation opens up a well-known story and invites us to question Who do we leave on the sidelines? For whom do we make decisions without any input from themselves? Out with their voices, or without their voices, we continue to let a privileged few assume they know best, from abortion laws to partygate and many more besides, and from which the church certainly is not omitted. I don't know how to redeem this particular story, and my apologies if I've ruined it for anyone, other than to say, the Bible is not single-minded in this. There are a bundle of lesser stories that speak of gracious, generous, loving encounters, with those too often marginalised still in the world whose voices are not heard, from the Syrophoenician woman to Jairus's daughter. Let this story serve as the corrective it needs to be, as we let the kingdom take root in a reimagined church and find laughter in the possibilities such an inclusive church could create. Thank you for letting us be your companions today in worship. Lots of things are happening in the life of the church, even though it's summer. And all that is recorded in our bulletin, which you can receive every Thursday. You can download it from the website at nkchurch.org.uk or you can receive that that bulletin by email or by post. Just let us know which version you would like. There are various activities happening face-to-face um, as well, and we are worshipping with the Cross Church, based in Cross Church, from this Sunday and for the next four weeks, and then we return back to Newcastle Patrick, and we serve All Age Communion to begin our session once more. But all that information is in the bulletin or on the website.
So let's gather together our activities and all that is happening in our world and our own lives in our prayers for others. Let us pray. Loving God, may we make space for all in our prayers. A generous space, an affirming space, a hospitable space, where words speak of love and grace and hope big enough for all. May our prayers be big enough, our vision large enough, our hope broad enough to speak for the kingdom. And so we bring our nation and the bundle of crises we are experiencing from government to cost of living, from faith in the future to caring for neighbours. May we pray big enough. We bring all conflict and the lack of trust of one another, from Ukraine to China, Syria to Russia. May we pray big enough. We bring pandemics and recovery across countries in the West and the South and the inequality of recovery. May we pray big enough. We bring our environment that seems so obviously changing and the difference that makes to our living and our futures and the possibilities for generations to come. May we pray big enough. We bring our local neighbourhood and the hope we have together towards community and into life. May we pray big enough. We bring families and friends, those who are coping just, those anxious and worried, those physically and mentally unwell. May we pray big enough. Hear us. So be it. Amen. Go in peace. In the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the common life of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.